Most investors know about emerging markets, but less is known about frontier markets such as Nigeria, Argentina, and Vietnam. These are markets which are at the bottom of the pile when it comes to economic development, but they're on the way up, and they provide big growth opportunities. They could quickly become emerging markets, and then eventually even developed markets. But how do you invest in these markets and manage the enormous risks that can be involved? This week, and for the next two weeks in our investment segment, we're going to explore Asia's frontier markets with some experts on the ground in these countries. To kick off, we're going to look at Sri Lanka. I caught up with Sanjeeva Fernando, director of research at CTCLSA Sri Lanka, at the recent CLSA Investors Forum. Very good morning to you, Sanjeeva. Good morning. Tell me a little bit about the Sri Lankan economy. How is it doing? Okay, so. Um, uh Sri Lankan economy is uh, doing uh, slightly on par uh, with the uh, steady-state growth rate uh, of its uh, uh, projected path. Uh, we have a uh, projected path uh, given by IMF because uh, there is an IMF program going on. Uh, it's at around 5.25. Uh, South Asia uh, has been a victim of uh, the climatic change, unfortunately, mm -hmm. and uh, Sri Lanka was also part of it. Uh, during this year and last year also. So as a result, maybe the country's uh, economy will expand in real terms by maybe around 4.7%, 4.8% uh, this year and next year. Uh, next year, I'm sorry, last year and this year. But uh, going forward, uh, we will have uh, the country shifting uh, towards its uh, steady state growth rate of 5.2%. Now, if you break up uh, the GDP into factors of production, uh, one of the main things that has declined is the uh, factor productivity in the economy. And uh, if you ask me why that is, uh, the reason is that uh, immediately after the end of the civil conflict, uh, there was a landmass that came into production that was utilized. And as a result, uh, total factor productivity went up to around 4% uh, or 5% at its peak. So is the, the Sri Lankan economy, now that the civil war has finished, is it opening up a lot more? Or is it opening up to trade, to tourism, to investment? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what's happening because uh, we've seen a decline in the factor productivity what I spoke about. But that's as a result, that's as the natural result of, you know, uh, the base effect uh, being not mm -hmm. being there anymore. Mm -hmm. But um, as you uh, correctly said, because it's, it's opening up to the world right now, we are expected to uh, uh, ink uh, three major trade, uh, free trade agreements uh, with major economies, uh, China, uh, Singapore and uh, Japan and maybe to deepen the free trade agreement what we have with India right now. So all this will happen probably during next two years. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you uh, look at the other aspect of uh, increasing uh, GDP growth, uh, FDIs, uh, it's, uh, it's expected to hit a 300% growth as opposed to last year uh, during this year. So, so is it benefiting from the Belt and Road project? Uh, as a that's, that's, that's the main uh, contributor. Right. Uh, and, uh, but going forward, uh, we will have uh, our new central business district. Uh, it's called Port City, now known as Financial City. Uh, it's also, uh, I mean, it will be initiated by China, but uh, it's on a lease uh, agreement, and uh, that will bring in another $15 billion US dollars worth of FDI during the next uh, eight to nine years. And what sort of things make up the biggest components of the Sri Lankan economy? What is it good at? So uh, it has around 60% into services, 31% um, uh, will, uh, will be industry, and the remaining 9 will be in agriculture. 
So agriculture was the thing that was got affected uh, due to uh, these recent floods and uh, droughts. Mm. But uh, going forward, uh, uh, right now, I mean, the drivers of the economy are construction and services sector. Uh, so essentially, uh, there has been a construction boom. Just uh, like a lot of other emerging market economies, Sri Lanka is seeing the same thing, a lot yes, of spending on the infrastructure. Yes, but unfortunately or fortunately, uh, I mean, depending on the way you look at it, uh, there is only a high-end bubble, uh, which is said to be a bubble by some of the regulators only, because mm. uh, if you uh, compare it with other markets in the Asia, even the high-end prices of uh, condominiums are expected to be relatively low in Sri Lanka. So you see a lot of uh, middle-income earners uh, buying uh, houses in the country, and, and uh, the uh, apartment ownership is relatively high compared to the region. So in, in that aspect, uh, I guess there is some filter through happening to uh, the uh, bottom of the pyramid in the economy as well. And what's the economic priorities for the government at the moment? Uh, one of the main priorities will be increasing its uh, sustainable revenue growth uh, because uh, if you look at the economy, uh, it, was, uh, it had an uh, export to GDP of around 15, uh, 30% uh, during 2005, but now it's down to 11%. So as you can see, uh, we have been uh, focusing largely on non-tradables as opposed to tradables. So, uh, but if you are to continue uh, like this, uh, it's not going to uh, help the economy. So... Uh, focusing on export-related uh, manufacturing uh, uh, in the upcoming trade agreements, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, maybe inking some anti-dumping laws uh, before entering into these agreements will be key uh, in growing that. Now, how is the stock market performing in Sri Lanka? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I'm interested in because uh, uh, with all these macro uh, variables, uh, you know. Um, getting their act uh, in the right direction, uh, we see uh, interest rates also declining uh, mm -hmm. after uh, rising for two years. So that's obviously helping the market. And uh, we are at 66% uh, of uh, record foreign inflows uh, as at today, uh, uh, which we had in 2012. So 2012, we recorded the record foreign inflows in the country. And now we are at 66% of that. And we are technically on track maybe to even the break the record this year. So uh, we have low valuations compared to all other regional markets. Our PE is at around 12 times. And compared to maybe, you know, high teen and uh, low 20s uh, PEs in the other Asian countries. And it's backed by earnings. Uh, it's uh, market earnings growth at around 10%. Uh, we have banks and uh, manufacturing sector growing at 15%. Diversified sector growing at on par with the market. Consumption is slightly less. It's around 7 to 8% because of the uh, high inflationary pressures due to the supply-side shocks we had. And is it an easy market for foreigners to access? Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, there are no uh, ex um, entry or exit barriers in the, in the equity market. So uh, it's, it's one of the easiest markets. And is the number of companies growing? Because one of the problems with the Sri Lankan market always used to be there wasn't an awful lot you could actually go and buy. But sure. is it developing and broadening out now? Sure. So the, the, the regulators and the government, uh, they have a plan uh, to increase uh, market uh, liquidity going forward. Uh, they, they have a plan of uh, increasing uh, market cap to around $30 billion from uh, its uh, current $20 uh, billion, uh, by 2020. But uh, that's just a short-term plan. Um, their long-term plan by 2025 is to increase it to around $50 billion 
dollars and they have uh, they are talking about uh, listing some of the government organizations which are profit making uh, and so th that will be a start and then maybe uh, uh, giving some tax incentives in the upcoming budgets is also uh, a discussion point right now in order to get the private sector uh, big companies uh, that are not listed in the market. Sanjeeva, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Sanjeeva Fernando from CTCLSA Sri Lanka. Thank you very much for listening to Money Talk Extra this weekend. Next week, we're going to look at how the recent judgment at the Hong Kong Court of Appeal could change the financial circumstances for gay and lesbian couples in Hong Kong. Jimmy Lam will speak to a listener who came from mainland China to live in Hong Kong to see what financial difficulties he faces. And in our investment segment, I'll continue our series on Asian frontier markets with a look at Vietnam. So please do join Jimmy and me next Saturday at the same time. In the meantime, this is Peter Lewis, hoping you have a great weekend. Bye for now. Bye.